It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's hot time. We had a hot time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. We're revisiting indoor growing on today's podcast with my friend Keith from Black Sail Farms. You might remember him from episode three of the podcast. Now, if you haven't listened to episode three, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode in conjunction with this one. I got the bottle of wine. Keith, is that you? This is me. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so happy to hear from you. How's it going? Um, it's going really great. Well, good. I'm happy to have you back on the show. Um, I just want you to know that our Indoor Growing for Newbies episode is one of the most downloaded episodes that I've done. I looked back today and I'm like, holy shit, that was podcast number three. And here we are on podcast number 49, catching up again. So it's been a little bit overdue, but I think that I've come a long way, baby, and I think you have too. Well, yeah, no, that's what that's what I think is really exciting about it because we, we both had like our dream projects and they were both just like, just little babies, you know, just getting started. And now, uh, what is it, a little over a year later, you know, it's just going to be a lot of fun to compare notes. Yes, for sure. And I want to go ahead and tell people that if, you know, if you're brand new to indoor growing, I definitely suggest checking out podcast number three, Indoor Growing for Newbies. Um, I'll, I'll for sure include a link to that episode and the show notes because, 
Keith downloaded some excellent resources for us. So there are links, images, videos, even a shopping list. So definitely don't miss that. But um, but yeah, so moving on to, you know, 2.0, you know, in the past, one of the biggest negatives of indoor cannabis growing is this huge energy footprint associated with it. In fact, you know, last year, one of the directors at New Frontier, it's a data analytics company around cannabis, the one of them stated that marijuana is the most energy intensive agricultural commodities that we produce. And that's largely because of the extremely high energy costs associated with cultivation and production indoors, which was your hot button. It's like, you know, how could you... How could you fix that? So I'm curious, you know, I know you're a baller on a budget like me, and I know you are inspired to create a greener, more economical way of growing amazing organic herb, which I have sampled, and you you have an excellent green thumb. So so tell me what you've been up to. Tell me what's happened. Well, uh, yeah, I think you you got to try some of the TGA uh, genetics. That was a really nice a really nice run. And, uh, now I've got a few jars of Malibu pie, uh, that I got from my last run. Um, so gaining the experience of, um, of growing a few crops and of doing it with LEDs, it sharpened up some of the finer points, but like my mission and the technology that I'm, I'm implementing, uh, really, it hasn't changed. And that's been really nice. It's performed up to all of my expectations, and I haven't had to change course. I've been using cobs this whole time, and, and the fixture that I built is a cob fixture, um, and, and they're still rocking out, you know? Uh, the heat and, and the electricity consumption of, of HPS and metal halide, uh, it really is unmanageable, with LEDs have been able to, to solve that issue. So from there, it's been about uh, accessibility, you know, putting this in a format that people are familiar with, that's easy to use, they don't have to assemble, and also uh, figuring out a design that will meet all your performance expectations, um, but, you know, figuring out ways to cut down on the price. Yes, that is a huge hot button. Yeah, well, you know, um, it's it's getting a lot better. It's getting a lot closer to that uh, $1 a watt kind of benchmark that everybody's shooting for now. See, and of course, I know nothing about these these benchmarks. So tell me then how how when we spoke before and you were dialing in this setup, I know you said like what you were working on, the things that you thought, you know, they were all kind of pacing out and working, but is there anything at all that you changed from that as far as, you know, the the square footage versus the LED lighting, you know, all of that good stuff? Because I'm telling people to listen to that first episode, but then I, I want to make sure that if if you have any revisions – that we touch on those in this episode. No, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't contradict anything that, that I said a year ago. I would just kind of add to it. I, I, at the time I was talking about the CXP 3590, uh, which is an amazing chip. 
and using Meanwell drivers, and that's still what I use. They're still top of the line. Shooting for about 37.5 watts per square foot is still the rule of thumb. You know, all this stuff was uh, really dialed in a year ago, so I don't have a whole lot to add. I've done experiments with flower initiation with that far red, the 730 nanometer. And what I will add to that is that I've seen it myself multiple times. Um, throwing in that particular spectrum, especially during your first two weeks of flower, you know, that, mm-hmm. that will cut down that initial uh, stretch period um, by several days, and it'll reduce your flowering time by several days. Uh, so that's really cool. You know, if anything, actually, I've gotten a little bit more simple. You know, I, I really think that supplementation is an afterthought. And uh, the really important thing is just having a powerful enough light for your space. And that's the big problem in the LED industry, because uh, to do that, to, to saturate a grow space, with the amount of light that cannabis needs to, you know, grow and flower in high gear uh, at top speed, it's, it's expensive. Um, and, and quality components are expensive. So a lot of manufacturers are just not willing to, uh, you know, pay that cost. You know, we're talking all of the the lighting and everything. You're trying to, you know, maintain these constant temperatures and the humidity and the light levels. Yeah. And, you know, somebody who is choosing or opting in to grow 365 days a year, this sort of thing is a huge chunk of change splitting the difference. So based on what you have done, how have you seen your energy costs change and your electric bill and all that good stuff? Uh, when I was in San Francisco, I filled out a four foot by eight foot space and it did not have a significant impact on my electric bill. I didn't need uh, a powerful air conditioner and I didn't need 2000 watts to cover my space. You know, I was doing it with 1200 watts of light. That's less electricity than a refrigerator. And cooling it with just wall fans, you know, it's really great. And and the reduction in heat, you know, like if you're just a home grower, if you're just trying to set up your closet grow so that you don't have to buy a fucking corporate weed mm-hmm. and you can smoke as much as you want for free all the time, just what everybody should be able to do. Having that much heat in your closet is really unmanageable, you know, and your temps are going to get into the mid to high 80s and that's going to jack with your plant. But with properly built LEDs, uh, that's that's not an issue. So it's basically been looking at all the barriers to entry, like all the all the big hurdles that would keep someone from trying out their own garden. Like I've been trying to knock those down one by one. Right on. I dig it. In our first episode that we did together, you know, you gave us the exact dimensions of the space and the great products to buy, like the tent and all of the different stuff. So now we're going to really more dive into the product that you've created now. And that to me, I was checking it out this morning. And the fact that you're putting this lighting system together and that it comes completely assembled 
or someone just hangs it up in their space. I'm like, that is, that's huge because that's the complicated bit when you're putting all this together is trying to rig the lighting and and figure out the spacing and all that good stuff. So dive in a little bit more. I know you're calling it the Canon. So yep. tell me, tell me, <laughs> tell me about your baby. Yeah, it's the Canon, you know, blacktailmarket.com. I'm doing kind of a pirate theme. Uh, and, and it, it is basically an LED Canon. Uh, it's a 240 watt single cob fixture. The, the coverage area is two and a half feet by two and a half feet. And that's clearly printed on the website. That's to maximize growth rate and yield. You know, mm-hmm. you're maxing out what the plant can do as much light as it can use in a two and a half foot by two and a half foot space. And how many um, plants refresh my memory? How many plants would I have in two and a half square feet? You know, I am getting ready to run uh, kind of a showcase, kind of an experiment, just growing one big-ass plant under one cannon. But you could do uh, as many as four smaller plants if that's what you wanted to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't have to veg them for uh, as much of a time period. So, yeah, if you wanted to do small ones uh, and veg them out for like four weeks and then flower, uh, yeah, you, you could pack four under there, no problem. Four or one big bushy plant. <laughs> yeah, or two medium plants. You know, that's uh, it's kind of a matter of preference. I like growing big old trees, man. That's just me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would rather have this wind, one big chunky mother uh, under there, you know, yielding like 200 grams. That doesn't sound terrible. Nope. So when you not. do this experiment, what strain are you growing? That's a good question. Um, so I'm looking at uh, using an autoflower uh, because I want to put together a kit that will. Oh, and sorry, I, wa- I wanted to add one other thing onto the uh, the description of the Canon. Okay. Really important. Anytime you're buying an LED, one of the things that needs to be the information that needs to be offered by the manufacturer is the operating temperature. And that's a huge problem with a lot of LEDs I see on the market. These things are running hot, and uh, it sucks. It defeats the whole purpose of spending the extra money. Mm-hmm. So the Canon, uh, the heat sink is 220 millimeters. Uh, it's got a liquid gas conversion convection current like core encased in steel. So it, it distributes the heat uh, extremely well. And at full power, at 240 watts, uh, it sits around 130 degrees Fahrenheit. So you can comfortably hold your hands on it. Got it. Yeah, all the yeah. stuff you said in the beginning was like a foreign language to me, but then I get that. Okay, so we're keeping okay. it cool. <laughs> yeah, so then, and you want the temperature in the space to be what, around 80 degrees or? Yeah, 78 to 80. Um okay. And that, that was the ambient temperature when I took that measurement of the temperature of the light. Yeah, it runs very cool. And uh, depending on the size of your space, it's going to affect the ambient temperature by, uh, you know, probably around like four to five de- degrees. That's about how hot my tent was uh, with all the lights in it. 
compared mm-hmm. to uh, the room outside. It was about five degrees warmer. So it's totally manageable. If you keep your house at 70 degrees, you're not going to have any kind of problem with that. So the temperature thing is solved, man. This, this heat sink is a beast. <laughs> right on. That's exciting stuff. So tell me when we're hanging the cannon, how far away do we want it from the, the tops of our plants? Uh, about 16 to 18 inches. Um, so if you're integrating it in with, you know, a, an existing setup with a, a high pressure sodium or a, a metal high pressure sodium or a metal halide, it's going to be a lot closer to the hanging height of, of your old lights. Part of the purpose of this design was to just take an LED and make it more familiar to people who have been growing with HPS lights for, you know, decades. Yes. Old dogs don't want to necessarily learn new tricks, so we trick them. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. You know, people don't want to have to rearrange their whole grow when they've had it dialed in for 10 years. So, like, I I can totally sympathize with that. Yeah, Um, no, that, I mean, that's smart design. Well done. Thank you. So, now I want to go back and talk about, so you want to grow, you're going to do an experiment where you're just growing one plant under the light. So which strain are you considering and are there any strains particularly that you recommend for newbies just getting started? Yes. Um, so they have uh, what's called auto flowers now and they've been bred with uh, another cannabis strain or another cannabis like subspecies called Ruderalis. They've been working on them for years and I've been kind of following their progress. Uh, initially there were some issues with quality, but I mean, what I hear from a lot of reputable growers is that the quality now is no different. And the way these plants work is, um, you don't have to worry about the light cycle and you don't have to worry about keeping them in complete darkness for 12 hours a night throughout the entire flower cycle. They have a genetically predetermined start to finish lifetime. It's usually about 75 days. And around day 14, they just switch into flower on their own. So I'm looking at a couple of different breeders and I want to try one of these uh, auto flowers out because I want to make a kit that is just simple and easy and approachable for anybody starting out growing. So with the cannon and with one of these auto flower seeds, all you need to do is is put the pot in the closet, hang the light above it, and water it every few days. And in 75 days, you should have, you know, anywhere from 100 to 200 grams of really high-quality cannabis. I'm so glad that you brought that up because my mind was blown the other day when I was reading about auto-flowering seeds by Amsterdam Genetics. I was absolutely blown away because... For the plant to switch from the vegetative state to the flowering state on its own is huge because that's something for a newbie, somebody like me, who trying to figure out the the lightness and darkness ratio and all that kind of stuff, if you don't have a superior green thumb, you, you feel like you're just going to fuck it up. So this is idiot-proofing the cannabis growing experience. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I mean, if you, during flower, during that night, that 12 hours of darkness, if you shine light on them for one 
second, a single second, like if you just open and close the door, uh, you have screwed up the flower cycle for that night. And if you do it more than once, uh, your plants are going to start reverting back into veg and, and stressing out and throwing out uh, male flowers. So yeah, it's, it's a huge benefit. And uh, it also reduces the, the start to finish cycle time. You know, if, if you're starting out and you're vegging a little bit slow, you could veg for six to eight weeks and then flower for another eight or nine weeks. So you're looking at like a, you know, like a four month investment in time. So and so now these flowers, yeah. Sorry, keep going. Seventy five days is about the average, and that's start to finish. So that's about half as much time. Yeah, because I had I'd read that it was eight to nine weeks of flowering time, and I'm sure it's different for each of the, you know, whatever seeds that you get. But yep. which autoflowering seeds have you been looking at or which purveyor, I guess, are you looking at purchasing from in case people want to do the same? Yeah. So I, uh, I have had Fisto, um, M-E-P-H-I-S-T-O. I've had him really highly recommended by somebody whose opinion I respect. So that's probably who I'm going to try out for the first time. Um, I've been told about a really great forum called the Autoflower Network. So I've been checking that out and I'll be posting on there. Um, so yeah, uh, Mephisto, I think would be a good place to start, but let me, let me just do this and see it for myself before I make any like, you know, firm recommendations. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like I'm a grower. I use my light in my own garden for a full cycle before I even thought about selling it. Um, and I know there's just like a lot of, a lot of questions that people have that if you don't grow, there's just no way you could answer them. There's no way you could anticipate the type of problems that people have or the things they need unless you really do it yourself. Yes. Experience is our biggest teacher. Yeah, I completely agree. So I know one of the things that you and I talked about was you putting together a full-on, locked and loaded, everything-you-need kit for newbies. So, you know, I know that we are, you know, we're going to be including a link for people to be able to purchase the Canon from your website. But I would like to be able to tell people to email you if they're interested in having one of these out-the-door kits. That way you could potentially start putting those together for the Casually Baked Tribe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I've got a lot on my plate and I'm not set up to handle uh, like the distribution or, you know, anything like that just yet. But uh, I'm always happy to talk grow and anybody who contacts me with questions like I will get right back to you and I will put together um, a list of like exactly what you need and a really reliable uh, distributor for the pot and the soil. It couldn't be simpler. You'll have a pot, you'll fill it up with some fully organic super soil that's, that's really packed with pretty much all the nutrients you need. And um, if you just get some, some food for it, some organic food that you can sprinkle on the top of the dirt, you know, every couple of weeks after the first month or two, you're good to go. 
you know, it's not going to be expensive and it's not going to be complicated and um, you can grow completely organic, no synthetic chemicals, no pesticides, no fertilizers. You can do it on your own and, and it's easy and it's cheap. That's music to my ears. I dig oh, it. Yeah. And I think Build-A-Soil, buildasoil.com and also Kiss Organics are like the most respected names as far as distributors of organic growing equipment and, and soils and amendments and stuff like that. So if we, well, we'll include all of this stuff on the show notes. I'll get some of your favorite links. If they weren't already given to me for podcast three, we'll add any of those amendments to this. So as far as the canning goes, you're taking pre-orders, right? That's right. Yeah, the website is up and running, um, and I'm taking pre-orders until August 19th, and it is on sale. Yeah, there's significant discounts, whether you buy one, two, three, or four at a time. You know, I'm selling the individual unit uh, retail for $349, and I've marked it down to $299 for the pre-sale. So, you know, if you can get your order in in the next two weeks, that would be awesome for both of us. And that's but, Black Sale, S-A-I-L market that's right okay dot com dot com (laughs) (laughs) are there any other tips that you have that you've learned over the course of the last year that you want to pass on to the listeners yeah i would say my biggest challenge in the past year has been regulating water levels it's very common to overwater when you're first starting out and it's actually pretty difficult, or it was for me, to really get a solid handle on how much to water and when. So I've been experimenting with uh, what's called a sip container, and it's got a little reservoir for water in the bottom of the dirt, and, um, you know, you can just fill that up every few days. So it takes basically all the work and definitely all the guesswork out of watering. And I got like really high quality shit off of that thing, man. Like the, the two sips containers I had were the two dankest plants in my garden. Nice. So now yeah. are you calling it a sits or a sips? Sips. It stands for sub irrigated planting system. And if you want to see it in action, if you want to, uh, see a deep dive into it, uh, there's a guy, uh, with a YouTube channel called Pedro's Grow Room. Uh, and that's where I first learned about the containers. And he does a really deep dive and some really informative videos about it. And he's got a phenomenal organic garden. Nice. Good tip. Oh, yeah. What else? Keep it coming. Drop knowledge. Um, living <laughs> soil-wise, you know, I've, I've learned that just starting off with a good living soil blend, I've started mine buying mine pre-cooked from Build-A-Soil. I really like the uh, Modern Microbes mix. So yeah, you get your uh, super soil and then maybe like once a week, pour compost tea on it. Um, And there's recipes for that on Build-A-Soil. And then also my really hot tip is seed sprout teas. So you can go to the grocery store and buy organic popcorn. Um, you know, just make sure that the, the only ingredient is popcorn kernels. And um, companies sell the enzymes from these seeds for, you know, 40 bucks a liter and, and shit like that. But you can just sprout some corn seeds and grind them up in a blender and then pour them on your soil. And they're filled with enzymes that break down all the organic material in the soil 
and, and lower the required energy for all the organic reactions going on in there. Um, and, and your plants, the reaction is incredible, man. The leaves just perk up and the growth really takes off. So, uh, the corn seed sprout tea is my hot tip for the day. All right. And it costs pennies, pennies to make it. Oh yeah. Cause a, a bag of unpopped organic popcorn is pretty darn cheap. Uh, one more hot tip. Oh yeah. Uh, the cannabis video club, uh, and the, the website for that is cannabisvideo.club. Um, it's got a few hundred members, um, and, and some people that I, uh, know and, and really respect are working really hard on building this community. And it's a great resource. There's a ton of legit growers on there doing video chats. Um, and I've learned a lot, met a lot of cool people, uh, what really struck me about it was the library. They have uh, a ton of uh, books about growing loaded up on their library. Um, so for any beginner, I highly recommend checking that out because it's, it's got dozens of titles, um, books that I've read. Is it book recommendations to purchase or is it a shared library where you can just a, look it up for free? It's a shared library. It's free. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's I know. I, I love when people just share knowledge. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Well, right on. That's some really good stuff. You've got, you've got a lot of good stuff going on. And I know that, you know, again, I find myself living in a space where I can't grow because all of my extra space I've turned into a recording studio. But... Yeah. I have some I have some people in my life that have been itching to try it out. And so I think that these new auto flowering seeds and being able to purchase lighting that is just ready to go out of the box and and being able to figure out with this new SIP system how to water without, you know, getting root rot or, you know, bogging down your plants. I mean, it's like you've idiot proofed it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. That's been that's been my goal from the start. Well, right on. I'm excited um, to see how your experiment goes. Be sure to take lots of pictures and videos and all that kind of good stuff and share it with me whenever you're done. And we can add it back to these show notes so that people can, you know, who maybe listen to the podcast in six months or something will be able to hear it and then see the results of your experiment. Great. Yeah. And that's really, that's my main focus right now is to get out there on the forums and on social media and start posting just real evidence, you know, tangible evidence. Uh, what is this light? How does it perform? Here's the picture. So I've got, um, I've partnered up with some really great growers and uh, people are going to be showcasing the lights and, and posting, you know, comprehensive uh, documentation of, of the entire growth start to finish. So I can't wait to start sharing that with you and, and really showing the world what this light can do. Yes. And so anyone out there that wants to also follow along, you can find Keith on Instagram. His handle is at Black Sail Farm. That's Black S-A-I-L Farm. 
And Keith, how else would you prefer people to reach out to you if they have questions? Do you have a form on your website you'd like them to fill out or an email address you want to send them to? Yeah, um, you can hit me up at Keith at BlackSaleMarket.com. Yeah, that's that's a great way to reach me. Okay. I'll, I'll usually email you back within the day. Well, I appreciate your time, and it was great to connect with you, and I look forward to um, seeing how everything progresses. And, um, and whenever you get a chance and you kind of have your arms wrapped around this whole thing, I really do want to um, revisit this grow in a box. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and in the meantime, I will set your listeners up with with a recipe um, and price it out and just set them up with a nice little beginner's kit, uh, stress-free. I love it. I love it. Are you going to give the listeners any love on pre-ordering a Canon? <laughs> um, right now, it's 15% off. Uh, actually, you know, more like 16 and a half uh, for pre-order. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're buying a bunch of them, give me a call and we'll figure it out. Um, if, if you just can't quite afford the $300, just email me, you know, let me know what you can do and, and we'll talk about your situation. And I'm always willing to work with people, you know, veterans, uh, if you're disabled and you're trying to grow your own medicine, just, just hit me up and, and we will work something out together. That's real um, growers love right there. <laughs> yeah. And and Joe, I'm gonna get you hooked up with a coupon code uh as soon as as soon as pre sales are over. I'll hook your listeners up with ten percent off code or something like that. Right on. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, you have yourself an amazing weekend and I'm so glad that you reached out to me when you did. Like I'd had a cancellation and then this happened and I was like, It's Kismet. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm Joe. I'm so stoked to see uh, how far you've come along. Episode forty nine, like that—that that is no small <laughs> achievement. So, congratulations to you too. You, you know. Thank you, my dear. Awesome. I was so excited to find out that Keith was working with auto flowering cannabis seeds. Now, if you are brand new to indoor growing or growing in general, then that probably was pretty mind-blowing for you, just like it was for me. I went online and did a little bit more digging after I talked to Keith. The third genetic type of cannabis is ruderalis, and um, and some of the sites that I was looking at, they consider it the rugged weed. And this subspecies rarely grows over two feet in height and features a thin, fibrous stem with small amounts of branches growing from it. Ruderalis is often lower in THC in its resin and is known for its high cannabidiol content. So in recent years, what's been happening is ruderalis genetics are often bred into strains to control certain factors of the plant, such as the size it will reach in a growing period and how quick that period will be from germination to harvest. Aside from these factors, the biggest effect that ruderalis has had on cannabis cultivation and the market as a whole is its nature of flowering automatically. 
Autoflowering plants have made big changes in hybridization and home cultivation. This trait allows a small window between sowing and harvest and kind of makes the process idiot-proof because it's forgiving in its need for lighting. This is the reason autoflowering strains have become very popular for beginner growers and have made a boom in the seed market. The autoflowering trait is extremely beneficial because it allows for multiple harvests in only one outdoor growing season. As a result of Ruderalis genetics, autoflowering plants typically have much higher CBD levels than photoperiod cannabis strains. According to Keith, anybody can grow a half pound of high-quality organic cannabis in their closet using the Canon, his new high-power LED grow lights. Don't miss the show notes at casuallybake.com where you'll find your shopping list from Keith for your DIY simple indoor grow supplies with costs and links and also your indoor grow how-to guide. This list is everything you need for at least two growing cycles with one big-ass plant each time. I mean, seriously, what else do you need? We're handing it to you on a silver platter. Happy growing. Let us know how it goes. Please share your questions, comments, and progress with me and also with Keith. His handle on Instagram is at BlackSaleFarm, and you can find his products at BlackSaleMarket.com. If you learned something or you know someone who's got a green thumb and they're kind of curious, please share this episode. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. And if you get a wild hair, feel free to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And I know it is none of my business, but I have to ask, did you just listen to Podcast 49 from the Radio Public app? If you didn't, shame on you. (laughs) Just my two cents. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on Pod. Connex, and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.